0: Hey, what's up, guys? On today's Sunday Brunch episode, we have a very special person. Her name is Sarah Gustafson, and her resume is just insane, and she's worked for on huge levels with a lot of your favorite bands and some bands that are legendary still. And yeah, this is a great conversation. I've always kind of looked up to her, and she's always been so kind and so cool, and you'll hear it right here. So uh, enjoy. Have a mimosa for me. Peace. yeah there she is hello how are you i'm good how are you good busy but i i like being busy so i feel great so me and kenny were trying to figure this out because i just mentioned this to him like five minutes ago we were both on warp tour in 2009
1: um i've thought about this before because i I mean i i wasn't on the warp tour for the whole summer, oh, so there okay. could have been a, a thing, but like there's like a lot of people in my life that I'm like, "Do we know each other from Warped tour yeah, but, um I mean, maybe I don't know,
0: I mean, I was only on it for the last like two weeks. I started in Calgary I mean, with Silverstein
1: I didn't go to Canada,,
0: <gasps> but did you do this did you do like California at the end?
1: I don't remember.
0: Maybe not. Oh well, then okay. Then we didn't. Then we wouldn't have. Met. All right. So then I don't feel so bad because I, I, you meet you would I would have recognized you and been like, oh yeah, Sarah was. What were you doing on Warp Tour?
1: Well, I was working for like my friend's company for like I was just going to go out there for a couple of weeks and help him do this like he was like one of those offshoot merch people didn't work for a band you know mm-hmm. like whatever stuff mm-hmm. and um and I was only going to be out there for like a, a week or two or I don't even know and then we got to Minnesota and he was just like, okay, bye. And the architects from Kansas city, the KCMO mm-hmm. architects guys were like, you're not leaving this tour. You're staying here and you're going to do our merch. And so I, so I stayed on tour
0: and sold the merch. Oh dude. I, you know what? Now I'm remembering it. My brain is like, Hey, yes, we're going to, we're going to bring it back to that. <laughs> okay. I do remember knowing that about you, but yeah. So you started sure. on warped any more any more words about the that warped any more stories from that tour that are pg that was honestly
1: like <laughs> i'm so glad that i did that i wasn't ever trying to be in the music industry that wasn't something that was in my wheelhouse even it was like i had friends that played locally in bands and um You know, like was just like at shows as a kid and teenager and like helped them sell merch and stuff. But it was like these, you know, (laughs) you're in a room with like 50 people or like Mm -hmm. maybe someone played like the Quest Club when they had that upper room. Now that the Quest Club doesn't even exist anymore here. But like, you know, it wasn't it was like a friend's thing. And then um, so. So, yeah. So then when I did this work tour thing, it was more just for fun. Um, and that's actually how everything got started. But that summer was like, honestly, one of the funnest summers of my life.
0: Were you in a bus or a van? (laughs) dude? Oh boy.
1: When it started, I was in a van, obviously had to help drive this van and it didn't have any power steering. And, and we had a trailer and, um, and one of the other dudes who was like supposed to help was just like terrible. He would pull over in the middle of the night and just park and go to sleep, even though it was his turn to drive us to the next city. Cause he's like, oh, I'm tired, whatever. So we'd like wake up in the morning on the side of the road, like, how far away are we from the venue? And he's like, I don't know. I got really tired. So um it was quite an experience. But then when I started doing merch for the architects, they didn't have any space in their van. And so I lived on two different buses, I think. For the rest of the course of the time, which for like a little bit, I think it was only like a week. I lived with the guys from, there was a band local from Minnesota who were friends of mine called Sing It Loud.
2: Oh, yeah. And they were on the tour
1: for, for a minute. Yeah.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. So hey. I lived
1: with them for a minute and they had this like... 70s bus that didn't like the bunks were built out of two by fours and there was like curtains that separated the lounges you know like it was just terrible oh boy and then um my friend from here he, uh, he goes by pos mm-hmm. he was on the tour and he shared a bus with
0: interparty party system no it was, Oh, maybe not.
1: No, it was uh, before or after them. There was this other band that was like, um, gosh, what were they? They're from like Israel or something. And their dad was the tour manager. And they were this like metal band. Oh. They were so rad. Anyways, they were on the bus with him. So I lived with them for like a week.
0: Wow. <laughs> well, okay. So that was that's insane because, I mean... oh god like i've never done warped in a van i'm one of the lucky few that didn't have to but i had i had another guest on here and she did warp tour in a van and oh my god it's just but you sound like you made the best out of it so it's like whatever right
1: it was kind of awesome you know it's like that's just like again i wasn't part of the music industry it wasn't something that i knew so Mm -hmm. it was just like this is our van it doesn't have power steering get it into that parking space between 700 other vans, (laughs) you know, like
0: it
1: it wasn't something that I even had any wheelhouse to be like, this is terrible. It was just funny.
0: (sighs) Yeah. And you were probably, and you were, you know, we were so young back then in 2009. I think we're still young now. I I feel pretty young, but, uh, (laughs) um, yeah, it was kind of like new experiences like that. If you're open to them and you have a positive attitude, which it seems like you did. And I know you did like, yeah you're just like looking back on the fond memories you're like yeah that was great like warped in a van who cares
1: yeah like even now even people that tour you know at the realm that we're at and um beyond that did warp tours and they're like never again i would never do warp tours terrible and i'm like take me back like i would gladly do a warp tour it was great
0: well, this is kind of my next point that, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: I can't, but yeah, you know. <laughs> right?
0: You can't for a little bit, for maybe another year, but soon. Um, okay, so that's. I wanted to lead into this because your attitude and your your ness as we'll call it, <laughs> that is, I think, what led you to the career you had. Because let me just tell you this, I've always looked up to you and been like inspired by you just because of how much awesome, like how, just, just how far you took the career in terms of like what you've done. And, you know, it I feel like there's certain types of people that tour, you know, there's people like that only tour in the U S and they only do like regional touring and they kind of just keep it there. Yeah. Yep. And I've spoken to, like, my friend from Germany on here, and he's only... He's toured like we tour, but in Germany and, uh, like, all over mainland Europe. So it's regional for him to where it's like, oh, yeah, whatever, nothing, you know. Right. But then there's people like you, you, myself, and Brad, where we've kind of been fortunate enough to go... I mean, you and Brad more than me. I've only really done, you know, the UK, Europe, Australia, Japan, and... Canada I mean that's pretty good yeah but that's the thing yeah it's good but you guys have been like yeah you two have been all over the place but there's something about people like us I think that just you know we just kind of know when to hustle and we know when to chill I think
1: I (laughs) like anybody that um complains about like the hustle aspect I just am like like, I wouldn't be the same person without doing that stuff. Like, I don't I don't go home and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that I'm home and I can just sit here and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally, like, I have a house that's under construction that we, I personally knocked the ceilings down myself, like, redoing that. We've got, like, I have two pet pigs I built don't. a bed in the backyard. Like, I'm, like, never not doing something. So, it's, like, part of who I am that touring has created me into this like can't sit still person. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, um, weird to me when people are like, Oh, this is like, how do you do those days? I'm like it would be weird if I did it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah. And it definitely shows. And I think it with the pandemic and everything, it's like that for me, I mean, <clears throat> I didn't realize until I started going to therapy and I know it's cliche, but Hey, it, it's, it, I, well, I say go to, I have an app, (laughs) so I go to therapy on my app, but you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy because you got to get like a different perspective on things when something like this happens, because it's, you know, for me, it was like, I didn't realize I was just depressed for, from March until October, like massively depressed. And I had no, I'd never really felt like that before. Mm. And I was like, what the, I'm depressed and he was like well you, yeah you were depressed he's like you're coming out of it and I was like oh and I was like trying to think I was like damn like, I guess just like depression is just like doing nothing and smoking weed and drinking way too much you know sometimes that's how it manifests itself but yeah yeah so once I came to terms with that I was like okay I was like I can move on now at least for a little bit you know what I'm saying like I can I gotta do something else but you know. That's
1: definitely a thing. I mean, obviously, mental health is a huge part of touring as well, because there's different aspects, you know, depression fits into it, but anxieties and things like that play into um, touring as well. So it's like, it's pretty important. You know, I know a, a lot of people, as I'm sure you do, that went through this last year, pretty confused, and with lots of ups and downs, which is totally understandable, Um but yeah, I guess that that's like generally, if anyone's still going through it, that's like generally my one piece of advice is like, even though you're not technically, you're not technically at all <laughs> doing your job or anything like that. Um, maybe try to get on some sort of a schedule that would be helpful to make you, your body feel that you're um, kind of in that. Like mm-hmm. instead of like getting up and spending two three hours like having coffee and being at your house, like just like get up and start doing something. Because mm-hmm. if you were on the road, you'd be you know out of the bus and walking into the venue or, or whatever. Sometimes there's no time for coffee even. So it's like, get yourself on that kind of um, little more tour like schedule. And in turn, it will just change the way your mental health is without you knowing about it.
0: Dude. At, and you know what? I I didn't even realize that was what I was doing until you just said that. I'm like, my brain's like, yeah, dummy. Yeah. Yeah. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Okay. But you get so sucked
1: in. Like I, I get it for sure. Yeah. You get so sucked in. You're just like there.
0: And you're yeah. really
1: like, well, Guess I'll just be here some more.
0: Touring Sorry, was my dog's such... drinking water. <laughs> that's that. all right, of course. <laughs> Dude, let him drink. It's—it's—it's it's, it's just touring was always a good excuse for—for—for for, for everything, you know. Like it, yeah. that's just at the end of the day, that's the reality of it. Wait, were you on tour when the pandemic started?
1: Um, no. So we had canceled some shows that were supposed to happen at the end of last year and into the beginning of this year, which Mm. speaking of Brad Clifford, funny, fun story. We've never toured together. We just know each other, which is incredible. And me and you have never toured together either. (laughs) He was supposed to be out um, with Slipknot on a tour that they were going to open for us. And so we were both like, just amped, like adventure partner. We're going to do this. You know, we were going to like, I don't even know where the hell we're going. South America. Oh, yeah. and um, we were like, we're going to do this. It's going to be incredible. And then everything got canceled. And it's just like, um. so no, I wasn't on tour
2: mm-hmm.
1: when the pandemic started, but I was filling in um, in a different role. Uh, that's part of, I don't know if you'd say part of management or whatever. I was filling in for our, our band liaison who um, had a baby. Oh. And so I was flying back and forth to San Francisco s- starting uh, November-ish of 2020 All the way up until March 16th, when one of the guys called me and was like, You need to go home
2: like now, like
1: tomorrow. I was like, What are you talking about? He's like, Get on a plane, switch your flight, get on a plane. And I was on a plane from leaving San Francisco on the morning of March 16th. And as we were flying, they shut down the city. (gasps) I was just
0: like, Oh, man.
1: Got home March 16th and for like a few months was just like what is what is actually happening i wasn't done technically filling in in my role either mm-hmm. i was supposed to be there till april <laughs> so oh. it was just like this weird um so i wasn't touring but i was flying back and
0: forth working when this was for metallica mm-hmm. and you were the, the liaison yeah gotcha oh now it's making sense in my brain i'm like okay cool oh my so how often were you flying back and forth
1: Um, It was kind of like every other ten days, maybe.
0: Oh, okay. So I'd
1: like be there for like a week and a weekend, and then come home for the weekdays and. That's a
0: pretty cool schedule. I like that schedule. That's a. I could could do something like that one day, maybe. But okay, so tell me your official role with Metallica, and then we can kind of talk about. We can go back to 2010 when we met. Actually, no, we'll just fuck that. Yeah, we're gonna cut it off. We
1: can we can go storyline.
0: Okay, so we met in 2010 through a mutual friend in Portland, and you were living there at the time, correct? Yeah. Yes. And we hit it off right away. I was like, yo, I, I back this girl 100%. Hell yeah. Dope. Right away. That was fun. It was awesome. It was awesome, and also that was right before you we were going on tour with one of my still favorite bands. Still, I listen to them daily. I don't care. No, you don't. I yes, I do. They're on every playlist. I have like ten of their songs on a playlist. It's. Did
1: you hear this, folks? Who was it, Danny?
0: It was the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> and that's the thing. You know what's funny? You say that. Anybody? Almost. I could say ninety-five percent of the people listening to this that know me knew what i was gonna say already
1: (laughs) i just picture you getting like pumped up doing like push-ups jamming out to backstreet boys i
0: work out to the backstreet boys and i know the everybody dance like actually like legitimately like i could do it in public if it was if it was like a dance-off to save the universe i could do that dance and save the universe Yeah. Wow. Okay. So now that you know, I'm obsessed. (laughs) I won't wear their skin. Don't worry. Who knew? (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people knew. Trust me. I think you might've been the only one. No, we talked about this though at the show. I think.
1: I'm sure we did. I have a really terrible memory and especially from the amount of travel that I do. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. You have to, it's a certain kind of brain to do what you do.
1: I remember the things I need to remember. Yeah, you don't need
0: well, to remember me liking the backstreet boys. You don't need that's not something you need in your mind.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, okay. Yeah. So we met in Portland and mm-hmm. yeah, what had happened was I was on warp tour and then I got asked this is like weird short long story short, I uh, coached freestyle snowboarding before I started touring, and I still did up until a couple years ago. So what happened was there's a camp out in Oregon that is now merged with another camp. But at the time it was called Wendell's camp started by the infamous Tim Wendell. And, um, <clears throat> so I did work tour. And then right after that got asked to come out there and st- help start their Um, they basically started a boarding school for kids aspiring to be pro athletes where you would go to, go to high school and then train on the mountain during the day and live there. Oh, shit. so, I was their residential advisor and assistant coach and was living in Oregon. That's why I was living in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And then um, I was out there for like the winter uh, school season almost. And then just like early springtime, I had got this um, call or whatever about becoming the new wardrobe assistant for the Backstreet Boys. And it was just like, what like again like i said on warp tour i wasn't ever trying to be in the music industry so to go from like warp tour punk rock summer camp to like do you want to make all the costumes for the backstreet boys <gasps> <laughs> like is this a joke um and again didn't have any professional touring experience had never actually like lived on a tour bus for months at a time mm-hmm And so I didn't have a resume or anything. It said that I was on Warped Tour for a month and that I was a snowboard coach. So I was like, here you go. This is my skills. And um, yeah, like a few weeks later, I was on a plane to Miami to do rehearsals.
0: Oh, my God. That is insane.
1: Yeah, it was super weird. And like day one of being there, all the guys were there. And I'd obviously never met them before, mm-hmm. and then we're in the building, and they were all like, "I remember this so distinctly." Like um, Nick Carter was like, "I hear you're you're here to you're like a super superhuman. You're gonna make all of our costumes and make them awesome." And I was like, "Who tells you these things? Like I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> you know?" And it was so odd. And um, yeah, that's how I started. We had four dancers and four guys and i was the assistant to this other woman who had been touring with them for a number of years Mm -hmm. and she was trying to stop touring and go back to school so i was hired there to kind of like be the new her um yeah there was like four i think 48 between all the people 48 costume changes per show so i would help assist two guys they'd switch off every like you know the guys would change every three songs and then the girls would alternate And so I'd like assist with helping two guys do a quick change and then go help the girls do a quick change the next show and then maintaining all their costumes. And um, that's where skateboarding came in handy. I used to skateboard the wardrobe racks down back to the dressing room so I could get them packed up before the show was over.
0: Hey guys, here at Stories, we support family-owned small businesses. With that said, we want to promote our friends over at Purgatory Roasters in Middletown, Connecticut. And they want to give you a discount on their amazing coffee. Use the code STORIES for 15% off your purchase at PurgatoryRoasters.com. They are open for in-person service as well at their facility in Middletown, Connecticut. It's in the Factory Square building. So if you're on the East Coast, check that out. Also, they're all about punk rock and skateboarding and... And I'm all about both those things, and I love their coffee. It is amazing. Check it out. Get the discount. 15% off stories, PurgatoryRoasters.com. So, all right. So, I mean, yeah, if you, like, if there's any funny story, like PG shit you can tell from that tour, like, whatever. But if there's not, it's like.
1: um, I mean, yeah, I have a ton of stories from that.
0: Well, but OK, I, so just like tell your favorite that's not that's not going to like bum anybody out. That's basically what I'm going for here is like something that if like Nick Carter heard this, which he won't, he'd be like, that's oh, yeah, cool. I remember that. Oh, yeah. You know, I
1: mean, it turned in it did turn into like a I got I was like close with some of them for a while because um, I ended up making Brian this like my mom makes jewelry just like hand beaded. Swarovski crystal like jewelry stuff.
0: Does she have an Etsy?
1: She has a little store here and she has some stuff up on Etsy, but she's called Grace Grace and Company. Um, So Grace and Company is what her store is called. But um, she has an Instagram and she sells other stuff at her store. But long story short, she makes jewelry and I was wearing some of her jewelry on this tour and Brian From the Backstreet Boys really liked it. And we ended up like my mom sent me out some supplies because I used to make jewelry with her. And so I um, made him this like custom, really long, like kind of like rosary style necklace. Mm -hmm. But um, and he would wear it for like one of the costume changes. He'd wear it on stage for a few songs. Mm -hmm. And so his wife had like a hand egg clothing line little thing for a while. And we got close and I used to fly out to their house and we would um, have little meetings and my, they sold our jewelry on her line for like a couple of years. And it was just this like weird little experience that I've never had, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Like I went to Brian and Leanne's um, wedding vow renewal party at their house. Like it was just like this weird thing that I became kind of close with them when I worked with them Mm -hmm. because they were all just Great people, like I mean, it's so. I don't know how you would like think that the Backstreet Boys are or what, but they're probably not what you think, and they're great.
0: So yeah, I mean, that's so a, we have fun. I, yeah, <laughs> that's with a lot of artists, though. I feel like I feel like a lot of people. I mean, and again, I'm not gonna sit here and you know, this is not about who I've met. This is about who you worked for. So, but I, I've met a lot of very, I've met a lot of people who. I met a lot of people who told me don't tour with this person oh, because you yeah. you because I liked the band and I toured with them and I haven't listened to the band since then. And then there's other people I've met who I am like you are exactly who I hoped you were going to be.
1: Yeah. I think that's another thing about the about the music industry is like you could probably say this too cuz obviously now that you're in it and you work in the music industry like like i used to go to shows quite a bit when i was a teenager mm-hmm. and it was just for the sake of like going to shows like mm-hmm. i would be like in a mosh pit you know like, <laughs> yeah I was, dude, like, me too. yes
2: uh-huh. like, i had
1: like super short hair and it was hot pink and black and like i was like just that kid, like seen to the max and multiple belts you know yep <laughs> um anyway i used to go to shows like It was my life. And um, now that you're in it and now that you know all the behind the the scenes and how it works and how the show gets put together, it's like that obviously changes your view on shows forever. Like you, I will never go to a concert again as just like a person trying to jam out at a concert. That's just how it is. I can enjoy the concert. It's just different. So it's like, I think that's how like everything's kind of unfolded in my whole career is just like it it's like, it just became normal. So that's your, that's what you're doing now. And that's, what's part of your life. So it's like to you. Yeah. It might sound like, Whoa, you what? That's crazy. But like, to me, it's like that it was normal. I don't know.
0: (laughs) So after Backstreet Boys, what, what was next for you after that? Metallica. Right after that.
1: Well, I did the Backstreet Boys tour. Mm -hmm. Um, then they stopped for a while. And, um, I w- it was one of those situations where I was like, I, I don't know what happens after this, mm-hmm. you know, cause I've never toured. I was like, do I,
2: mm-hmm.
1: are you just do, am I just your person now? Or do I call somebody
2: mm-hmm.
1: tour stuff, You know, like I didn't, whatever. So they stopped for a while and luckily it worked out this way because then they, um, the next tour they did was when they went out with new kids on the block and they kind of like cleaned house with a lot of people and hired a lot of like mutual people, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like a favorable, you know, someone's someone sounds better than someone else or whatever. So they kind of hired a, a lot of new people, but that's besides the point. Is that um, so? I don't, I don't even know. You'll you'll understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone will, but um, Jim Digby, if you know who that is, was the production manager used to be the production manager for Marilyn Manson at a time when the woman who in 2010 was doing dressing rooms for Metallica was on Marilyn Manson when he was the production manager. Mm -hmm. And he was the project production manager for Backstreet Boys when I was on Backstreet Boys. Mm
0: -hmm. So yes. So the woman
1: from Metallica (laughs) had called, you know, asking around, I need a new wardrobe assistant person. And he was one of the people she reached out to. So he was like, I just got done with this tour on Backstreet with this girl who's new to touring. You should hire her. Mm-hmm. So he's the one who called me. He wasn't even obviously wor- working for Metallica, but he called me and said, would you be interested in working for Metallica? I want to submit you for this. So it's kind of funny because it's like, did the Backstreet Boys tour, went back into my snowboard career. It was like in a winter coaching, snowboarding, uh-huh. working at the hill here. Uh-huh. And then like, I think it was like, must have been like January or something. Um, got got that call to see if I would be interested. Would you be interested in working for Metallica? And I'm like, is that a question? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know? Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, who, who turns that down?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Should, should I be questioning this? Yeah, um, like, wait, is so, this real? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I was like, what? Why are you asking me that? Uh, anywho, so yeah, I obviously said yes and submitted a resume again now that had... Two
0: things on it. Yeah. <laughs> Backstreet <laughs> Boys, the architects KC, <laughs> and snowboarding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm the candidate. Hire McGee. Metallica, <laughs> hire me.
1: Uh well they did. So yes, um, they did. So
0: jokes on you know, them.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I got hired with them and did my first show, this is funny, It'll blow your mind, please. my first show with them was on Coachella Grounds and it was a big four show in April of 2011, so it was Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax were playing shows together.
0: At Bonnaroo.
1: <laughs> and that was the first show I did with them, which was set up kind of like a festival because it was all these huge bands on this big piece of, you know, open space, so, yes. like, becoming a dressing room assistant, um, was very weird because they didn't have normal dressing rooms there. We were based out of like literal camping trailers with beds in them, you know, like it wasn't like, it wasn't anything. So my training day was so like, none of this is going to make sense to you. It's not going to be like it is in reality, but, um, here's the things that you need to do. And so that was the first show I did with them. And that, um, that year, I think we only played like six shows. So my first year with them was, was pretty slow, yeah. but fine by me. And um, that's how I started with them. And I've been with them since 2011. Still Wait, here.
0: it was 2011 because, okay, the Orion Festival was 2012, right? Yeah. Yes. And that was right, dude. I, so. I don't know if it was right before. I, I'm terrible at this. I think it was right before... Kenny, check out Orion Festival in Atlantic City. That's the, I ask him like, Google, if if it's important, I'm like, Google this. Um,
1: You're like Joe Rogan. Yeah, I believe it was
0: (laughs) (laughs) I believe it was before Gaslight's like, the album that came out hit like, big. I think it was like early June or like Kenny's looking June 25th, so it was before their album came out. But I remember distinctly we did that and Brad had known you and I think that was the first time i had seen you since 2010.
2: 2010.
0: Yeah. Bye. And I just remember it was me, Perkins and Rosamelia from Gaslight and I think was I think Brad was with us. But we were walking oh. around, we were walking around the festival and Brad's like, "Oh, my friend Sarah is going to Yeah, this is how it happened. He was like, "My friend Sarah is going to uh, take us around to see the the, muse, the Metallica Museum that they have set up. And we were like, oh, cool, like, whatever. And we saw the line, and we were like, oh, fuck, like... Uh, I remember that. Yeah. And you were like, hey, what's up? And then that was when me and you were like, oh, shit, like, we know each other. What's up? And and you were and you were like oh yeah uh, no we're going this way and you like took us like <laughs> under the tent like in the back you were like yeah uh, we're good yeah come on let's go cuz you had the you had the god pass obviously and i remember like dude even even ian brought that up to me the other day when i was texting him i was like oh yo i was like do you remember sarah like i'm going to be talking to her on the podcast and he like He was like, oh, dude. He's like, do I remember her? He's like, she took us backstage. And he just knew it. Like, he was like right away. He was like, oh, yeah, she took us like in the VIP entrance for the fucking Metallica Museum. And yeah, so like that that never went unnoticed. Like, that was like, I mean, still, like, I think that's cool as fuck. (laughs) Like, that was like the coolest fucking thing. Like, you didn't have to do that, obviously. But it was like, oh, yeah, like, all right. Like, yeah, we're going to I'm going to take you this way.
1: Well, when I've got friends around, you know, I tend to want people to have a good experience if it's somebody that I want to be around. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, it's like you're not your typical like, hey, man, can I come to the show? It's like, no, my friends are here and they're part of the music industry. They know what they're doing. Like, you know, I'm going to take them around like, of course, like that. That was I remember being like pretty stoked about that festival because. (sighs) obviously coming from Warped Tour and then them putting together this thing, it was kind of like my whole world started smashing back into itself. It was like, they each had their own little segment of that. Um, you know, it was our festival, Orion festivals, like that was Metallica's festival. Yeah. And so, um, they, they each had their own little thing. So it was like James had all like his collector cars there and they were all parked out there. And like, Lars had this like m- movie museum where you could go, you know, all the arts and movies and then, um, Robert had all like skateboard friends and like, you know, like Steve Caballero and Tony Trujillo and all those dudes were like, there was like a half pipe set up. And I just was like, this is incredible. Like I have to go walk around and see this, you know, we're going to do this now. This is going to be a festival that we throw. This is incredible. And then um, what we went through was Kirk's crypt where um, Kirk has like one of the largest collections actually of um, horror movie memorabilia, In, like, the world, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, it's
2: an insane
1: amount of stuff. It's insane. Um, Which I think now, I don't know if it's still there, but it was on display at the Peabody Museum for a while. Like, it's, like, a huge amount of stuff. So, at the festival, they had this massive, I mean, it was huge. It was, like, a tent that they turned into a museum, but it was Mm -hmm. massive. Yeah. It was, like, original Frankenstein and Elvira and all those cool um, movie prop posters that we went through to, to check out. And it's just like, yeah, what a what a rad time! My friends are here. This festival is cool. Like, yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah, I mean, and because like I was so bummed when it just stopped happening because like that was the best festival lineup I've ever seen. Like the lineup of bands, like well, for me personally, that's my perspective, yeah. of course. And uh, people might not share my opinion, but they played Ride the Lightning. Oh. God, yeah. <laughs> that was, I, we bought shirts. We were out in the crowd watching them play that and we went and bought shirts. It was, it was like, it's one of those things to like, I've done that. I mean, I'm sure you've done that a few times too, to like, if you see a band you like at a festival, I mean, well, actually you probably have less time than me. You definitely have less time than me. Cause you know, if I go to Europe with a band, it's like, I have plenty of time at a festival because I'm not selling, you know, you, yeah, you're never mind.
1: I have zero time.
0: No, you have no time. But like I li- I did that for um who was it was Body Count. It was Ice-T. Like I did that. I went like we I played a festival. That- yeah. It was fucking great. I bought a shirt. I was like, "All right, cool. Like no big deal."
1: <laughs> Body Count is I I can't say I'm a Body Count fan or that I even know like a handful of their songs. I'm not a fan of, of their music at all. <laughs> you mean what?
0: I said I'm not a fan of their music at all. I like Ice-T. <laughs>
1: Well, that's why it's funny because it's like, um, our photographer for the band is a, is a fan and body count played at one of the festivals we were at. I think, I don't remember where we were, mm-hmm. but I remember a day to remember played it too. It was so weird, but, um, <laughs> uh, he's the fan and I'd never seen them play. And I went and watched and was just like, what is this? Like, <laughs> What am I watching right now?
0: Um, okay. So when, when was the stones when, yeah, when did that happen? Cause I think I missed that whole part of your career.
1: Dude, this is the thing about like <laughs> my touring career timeline is so like, when was I, where and what happened? Cause like so many insane things happened in a course of two years of my touring career. It's like oh. 2012 and 12, 13 and maybe 14 were like probably the most hectic that I've had. Okay. Um, cause 12 was like the first year that we actually did anything with the band. And we like, we played in India that year. There was a riot. We had to cancel one of the shows. And that was the same year that, um, I think that I, that the Stones started their tour, but it started in like December, November, December, mm-hmm. whenever they started first actual, when they were like, you know, we're going to do our 50th anniversary tour and then we're going to stop touring. Um, that's the tour that I was part of. And then they, didn't stop touring obviously and continued this 50th anniversary tour for like years. But, um, that that's when I was, uh, did the tour with the stones. So I think it was 12 into 13. <clears throat> Someone could look it up, but I, Kenny is if I'm looking saying this it up,
0: wrong, but I think Kenny I'm, might've worked merch at one of those shows. Right. In Newark, right. Kenny worked merch in Newark. It was 2012. He thinks so.
1: Yeah. So
2: yeah. so
0: yeah. It was 2000 because he covered for me. I was supposed to sell merch of that show because my friend Vicky hired me, and I couldn't do it for some reason. I think was, like something with Gaslight Anthem came up, but Kenny like covered me and like was just sending me pictures of the merch line, and I was like, oh my god.
1: <laughs> well, because that whole run was crazy. Well, okay, we'll get into that. Yeah. So okay, um, yeah, Stones tour. So when I got hired on with Metallica, it was very like um, they were kind of we weren't like on an album cycle. They hadn't made an album, you know, mm-hmm. up until Hardwired to Self Destruct came out in 2016, I think that was. Yep. Um, 2016. They hadn't made an album in like you know what, ten years or whatever. So mm-hmm. we weren't on like a touring cycle by any means. It was very like lots of festivals, summers in Europe, and then kind of just like they were just doing whatever. Kind of slowly over the course of those years, writing what mm-hmm. turned into Hardwired. But long story short, because we had um, such random shows, uh, the program was very much like um, you can do whatever you want on the in-between times and you can work for other bands as long as you're at our shows.
0: Mm -hmm. Of course.
1: So that's how all these other things kind of worked themselves into each other. So um, the woman that I work with now on Metallica, we used to be a party of three. And then it just became a party of two, which is me and this girl Foster, which you
0: mm. oh I met might her. Have met at I a... met her at Webster Hall. Yeah. We're going to talk about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Webster Hall. Um, so me and Foster, um, it's just us now in dressing rooms on Metallica. But she also her first job touring was with the Stones. So she used what? to be a caterer, and then through that they were like, "Do you want to go on tour with the Stones as mm-hmm. a caterer?" Okay. And She's like, "Yeah." sure same thing never toured starts with the stones um (laughs) so she was she was my uh how I got hired on the stones because their dressing room department I think we had four or five people which involves like a mega person a costume leader someone who sews a couple people in the dressing rooms yeah you know it's like kind of like a a crew Mm -hmm. so yeah so I did the 50th anniversary tour with them in 2012-13 and um That was crazy as well because it was supposed to be their last kind of tour. So there was there were special guests at every show, like singing with them. Oh man! And um, the stage set was insane. Was like I'm sure you've seen it. Was like um, was the tongue logo, but the bottom lip was a pit.
2: Yeah.
0: So like
1: it was like a walkway, and then inside. Oh, that was. But from the. Crowd, you know, above the high seats, it looked like the logo.
0: Oh, I was so sick! I I remember seeing like f- several photos of that. Like, oh man, it was so good, dude! Oh God, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So wait, yeah. and what was your what was your role on that tour? Were you, uh, what, what what was it?
1: Dr- dressing rooms. I didn't do anything to do with wardrobe on that tour because they have a person who is like their, you know, their person.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but yeah, just doing dressing rooms with foster. She was obviously in charge. Yes. And then I was with, this like, they've got same thing. They've got like, I don't even know how many dressing rooms. 10. Something.
0: Yeah. But I mean, that, that's the thing. There's a lot of them, you know, so, so you it's
2: know, not a job.
0: <laughs> so you, you were assigned to a certain, a certain few or you just were doing, you were checking everything. Like you were doing, everything. I did a lot of
1: stuff. I did, um, I helped do like all the kind of ambiance in the rooms, like set up all their little trinkets and things. And we traveled with the furniture company, so they had specific like furniture sets and pipe and drape in all their rooms. And holy crap! Um, uh, somebody had to go over catering riders, different for every single room. Yeah. And then there was like um, signage, and the building was crazy. Lots mm-hmm. of arrows and signs and directions oh, of yeah. this is that and whatever, mm-hmm. and you know the whole backup band and the woodwinds and all of those people um have their own dressing room and there was like a choir every night and all of that stuff so it's just kind of a lot of managing of
0: oh my stuff. gosh and what time would you like wake up what time would you wake up to go to work and start working
1: uh, honestly i can safely say out of anybody any musician the stones given that they're that their days are Decent and long and load-ins are long and all that stuff. But I can say that their schedule is probably one of the best schedules you could have. Wow. Like they go days in between without shows. So (gasps) you'll be like in a city and have like four days. You're like in New York for four days and then you're going to do a show or whatever. So it's like super like, cause they don't do back-to-backs or every others or anything. Cause they're not, I mean, they're in their seventies. They're not going to do that.
0: (laughs) Exactly. They need, they need a few days in between a show. Like they need to recalibrate.
1: So you'd have like a solid load in day, which was a long day, but I was, I'm used to that stuff from, from Metallica. And then um, their show days were like, it was, it was rad because there was never a stay after the show. The band didn't come off stage and come and hang out. They left every show. So like in my world, as soon as they hit the stage and started playing, which was like, you know, eight o'clock or whatever, um, you could take everything down in the dressing rooms. So by the time that they were done and walking off the stage, you were done.
2: Wow. So which is
1: unheard of for me. Like in my world, maybe everyone else, that's normal for you. But like in my Metallica world, I'm usually at the venue until three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So it's like, you right. know, it was like, you're done at 11. You might be able to watch the encore. Like it was very different than what I was used to.
0: Hey, everybody, Danny here. If you have a minute, be sure to check out stories.net to learn about how we are supporting members of the touring community with your help. That's stories.net. S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net. Let's go back to Brad and me working that freaking Webster Hall show for Metallica.
1: I mean... Like I had said earlier, like I re- I remember parts of that show. Cause obviously it's like, we played Webster hall. So you remember that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I just don't like something about that is such a blur to me. And I think it's because, um, what year was that? Like 16,
0: 2016, 2016. Yeah, dude. It was, it was, it was September, 2016. Kenny's Kenny's trying to find it here, but <laughs>
2: I'm
1: thinking because I, think we I think we were on a promo run. I think we played it like in the middle of a promo it run. It was a fan club so maybe, show.
0: It was a fan club show.
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking of. Like, um, it, I get it so jumbled. We did this New York promo run when the band came out with the Lulu record when we did the Lou Reed album, oh which was obviously years before that.
0: Yeah, we're not going to talk about and, that record on here. <laughs> it was yeah, September 27th,
1: 2016. Yeah, and so I'm mixing up potentially but maybe not yeah. that we do all this like That's weird true, crazy promo lot, stuff yeah. it was like you know wake up in the morning and go to Howard Stern and do whatever and then also there's a show you know yeah. I don't remember exactly how that day went I think it was then
0: Well I remember so maybe this will jog your memory I remember we loaded in obviously and it and and right away like I said your crew was like like it was ins- so from my perspective me and one of the other uh, text, uh, not text. Uh, stagehands who had been there for a, we had been there for a while, and like we, you know, we're, we we kind of look older, I guess, because we are older. But the production manager who who I, I, what's his name? Your production manager?
1: Well, we have a different one now, but at the time, I think it was Dan Brown.
0: Dan Brown. I don't know. He was he was great. He was so good to or us.
1: Was, was LUG with us then already?
0: I don't know, but he gave us like a really. What do you look like? Uh, like (laughs) five foot eight white guy that's lug dan brown's really tall so that's why i would have yeah okay okay he was definitely not yeah okay he like like he made a facebook post after the show it was that it was whoever made the facebook post after the show that was like yeah, I know. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not giving you much. And like
1: Dan comes like I mean, right. he was
0: short, so okay. yeah. If, I mean, if I thought he was short, <laughs> I'm six foot one. So if I thought he was short, he's short. Dan's
1: yeah. like a skinny tall dude, mm-hmm. so no, it obviously it wasn't was not him. a
0: skinny tall dude. <laughs> it was it was yeah. what's his name? Lug. Lug. Yeah. Lug. All right. Cool. He was like, he looked at the two of us and was like, "Okay, you guys come on stage and start hanging duvet, which is black." cloth essentially start hanging duvet over everything that's white he's like work he's like work around the text they will move for you and it's going to be no problem and even me at that point i've toured for years at that point i was still like wait what like you're not supposed to fucking like go around like what like you're not supposed to just like be in their world when they're working like that's just kind of like the first thing you learn like you don't do that so we like walked up there like cautiously, and James's guitar tech—I I I don't remember his name. Chad. Chad. Yeah, he's like, oh hell, yeah, here here. Hold on, guys. I'll pick up the guitar boat. Like, and he's a big man. He's a, a he's a big man. <laughs> so he's like, I'll p- yeah, I'll pick this up. Go just yeah, go under here. No problem. And we're just like, oh okay, cool, like whatever. And he's like, oh yeah, he, you guys want some guitar picks? And it's like for me, I don't. I don't know what to do in that situation. Cause like, you don't want to like, you don't want to be like, Oh yeah, obviously Metallica. Like, yes, they're the shit. Like, of course I would like some guitar picks. So we were kind of just like, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> it's one of those things to where like, it's, I, I never thought that would, that would have been offered to me, you know? So you just have to react in the moment and be like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. I, like I would never be like, no, I'm good. I don't want picks. Like who does that? You know? <laughs> Nobody did that that day. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: most most of the time, people don't do that, but it's happened.
0: Yeah. It, it's also
1: really cool. I don't know if you know this or not. This is like a little sidebar to mm-hmm. that story. But we make different guitar picks for every single show. <gasps> so they're kind of like a collector's item among people. Like you can go on message boards and look up Metallica guitar picks. But like that those guitar picks probably say Webster Hall on that yeah. with some sort of you know, whatever, like, those were made for that concert, so every single concert, like, when we play in Belgium, it'll have, like, the flag, and say Belgium, and the date, and so, like, when the band is, like, throwing out picks at the end of the show, they're for that show, like, you might get, you know, some of Kirk's, like, green or purple picks mixed in there, or whatever, but, like, they're, they're different for every single show, so it's, like, there's some limited ones like the Webster Hall one that not very many people have, because either you, you know, you had to be Part of the fan club to come to that show or like we played maybe like yankee stadium for a baseball game or something that there was guitar picks made for or you know that people are like how do i get those picks oh,
0: you don't there's a handful <laughs> of them so oh man i want the yankee ones shit that's dope oh man awesome fuck that's so cool but okay so but that day i remember um me and so brad went out and did laundry for you guys Brad not for me, probably. No, well, but, for, no, it wasn't for you. It wasn't your personal laundry, but he did. No,
1: no, no. I mean, for the for the band or like from did, production. Yeah, he did
0: laundry for. Well, maybe maybe production. I don't know, but he did. Yeah, he had I don't to think do I would ever
1: send somebody out with.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, Brad. You could trust Brad to do that. Maybe you. I, yeah, I don't know, right. but I mean, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have been able to do it because you would have been having to be at the venue all day.
1: Yes. Yeah. Which might have happened. I just don't remember.
0: Uh, we we're gonna have to. Which might have
1: really happened because we might not have had like our stuff with because it was such a small show. It, so maybe I was like, "This is I the guy remember, that I chose." But uh, yeah, but th- I think that's
0: that's honestly, I think that's almost exactly what happened because uh, our dude, the the guy who was like the so there's like there was so Paul the coach was in charge and then Larry was like the assistant and then builder. And Builder and Larry were on the same level. They were like equal powers there. And Builder and and I remember like I think Brad Yeah, Brad had the laundry from you and him and Builder went to go do it. And Brad was like texting me. He's like, yo, this guy stresses pretty hard, huh? And I was like, no, I was like he's a great dude, but like he's just a New Yorker. Like he's a New Yorker that hasn't really toured that much yet. And, you know, just give him a break. And then like, obviously, like it was fine. But I think Builder was stressing about something with like the laundry machine. I don't know. It was something that like Brad was like, yo, it's we can fix the it's fine like chill out if
1: it went down how i'd think it went down i probably was very like do it this way don't do it any other way if you mess this up i'll kill you yeah and Brad knows me so he was probably like yeah I know what she's talking about. And the other
0: dude is
1: going like, Oh yeah. my God. I am well, mess yeah. their close up.
0: Exactly. Like, yeah. so builder took it very, but that's a testament to him as a person. Like he's obviously a, yeah. one of my good friends and like, he takes his shit very seriously. So, but it was just funny seeing like two guys that take it seriously. And then like, you'd have the one guy that's like, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. And the other guy's like, oh, what the fuck? I'm freaking the fuck out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was probably like, "Don't leave the laundry mat. Stare at the washing machine."
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, that, yeah. But I remember that show. Like, I remember being in the dressing room with ba- with Brad and you, and like you were like, cause, "Cause, me and Brad got assigned after that to just helping you guys in the dressing room." Like, I remember like you and uh, what's, remember what's her name again? Foster. Foster. You and Foster, or you were like, uh, "I'll I want those two guys." It was something to where me and Brad got pulled aside and we're like, yo, you gotta go up to the dressing room.
1: Because oh, Wow. I'm having such a hard time with this.
0: I mean there, yeah. were the dressing
1: rooms upstairs?
0: Dressing rooms are upstairs, but we had to we had but, that, but that's the yes. thing, we had to pipe and drape the area for your dressing room. So they took yep, me and Brad up. There were stairs
1: like backstage right.
0: Yes, yes. hmm And then it was okay. it was no, it was stage left. It was stage left, right? If you're looking at the stage, That's stage left. Yeah, stage left, and you guys had that whole like section over there that was like curtained off for like because they had the they had the practice kit and everything like that. And but I remember like me and Brad getting called specifically for that, and we were like, "Oh, cool, dope." And like I remember like the band showed up, and I tried to just like get the fuck out of there as like quick as possible. I was, like, all right, uh, cool, let's go, like. Cause I know how it is in dressing rooms. Like some bands show up and don't want to see anybody in there. That's not their people. So I was like, cool. Yeah. I'm out like peace. Like, and I think Brad's very there. different. Yeah. yeah, exactly. For you guys, it's like next level. Like it's fucking Metallica. So that's even more of like, Webster
1: halls, like a tiny space for them, you know? It's yeah. Like, not the amount of space they're used to anyways.
0: But it also it sounds like they're the kind of people that like do not give a fuck. <laughs> and they're just like, Oh yeah, cool. Like here we are, whatever. Like, you know,
1: they'll make it work depends yeah. on where we're at. But yeah, we've had some like absolutely ridiculous things that we need to make work. Like whatever that, what's that tiny club venue in Toronto?
2: Opera it's like house? they have, a,
1: they have dressing rooms. The Opera House. They have their dressing rooms are like downstairs, and it's like one room. And there's like a like a little area that's like maybe four by six, and it's like a cave. And that's where we put the practice kit. (laughs) Like
0: I know that's like we've
1: made some ridiculous stuff work. Um, So yeah, they're they're you know they will help you to make it a thing if it's something that needs to be done. But doesn't mean it's what they're used to.
0: No, but that's the thing. They adapt. They're like, all right, cool. We got to do this, like, whatever. And they've also, like, I, I, it's hard. It's weird to think about it, like, from their perspective, because, like, to me, it's like, oh, it's Metallica. Like, I've known them my whole life. But also, like, they've toured. They they toured like with, you know, like Butch, like Butch Walker did, like, before cell phones. Like, they had to map things out. Like, they toured. Like, we didn't have to tour. So, they have more of like. A sense of like you know what it was so much different back then and now i mean at least i think i think that 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 that's what it's like for them that like now it's like oh wow this is so easy all right cool like whatever
1: i mean you know times change and things have obviously progressed with their career so Mm -hmm. it's like given that they're on a tour cycle they're used to what they're used to but like you know if you prepare someone for something like that like if you if i Email in advance, and I'm like, "Listen, here's the deal, you know." Like Foster will go, "We don't have catering. Like, if you want to order something, these are the restaurants, and we're doing we're doing it like that today." Or there's no shower here, or you know, if you prepare somebody for something, like ninety percent of the time, it's fine.
0: Yeah. Oh, and that's thing, and like, yeah, it's with anybody, like even bands I tour with. It's like as long as they know at least a couple days beforehand. It's like, all right, cool, whatever, like. It's like, yo, look, this bathroom, this venue doesn't have a private bathroom. Not that that's a problem you would ever have to run into, but there was a couple times where it was like, yo, no bathroom, sorry. And it's like, well, really, like, really, there's no private bathroom, like, real, like we did. I did Pappy and Harriets with with an artist, and you have you been to Pappy and Harriets in? Uh, I don't think so. it's a Joshua Tree in uh, California. Not that- it's a great little venue and it's so cool. And it's like, the stage is like this high off the ground. It's really cool. Like, like I would love to see Metallica play there. I don't know if that would even be possible. Probably not. It's like the stage is like the size of this room. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) But it's a dream for like a fan. It's like, you know, to see a show there because like the food's great. The, the, the beers and the drinks are great and it's just like a cool like right. little roadhouse kind of vibe but for the artist unless you rent like a little bungalow they have like bungalows where you can stay on there unless you rent a bungalow with a bathroom and stuff and a shower you're not going to have a good time as an artist
1: <laughs> i mean you know that's where we would be at so yeah <laughs> if yeah, we that's ever. True. But, yeah
0: yeah Well, that's the thing. We weren't prepared for that. So it's like one of those things about being prepared. We weren't prepared to be like, okay, there's no bathroom. Like, what's the other option? Oh, we could rent a thing for the day and you can, like, give us a deal on it? All right, cool. It comes out of our guarantee. Like, what, fucking 20 bucks for a a nice little RV with a bathroom? All right, cool. Like, Yeah, great. Yeah, so actually you guys would have a good time there then. You guys would probably rent Uh, out the whole thing.
1: Our guy who who used to be our production, he's our he's like our art director, I would say now. Mm-hmm. He used to be our touring production manager, but he mm-hmm. doesn't tour with us anymore. He just like designs and uh, produces the show, like you know that in that sense mm-hmm. comes to some big shows. But he he always says, obviously it's kind of a sarcastic bit, a little bit, but he goes, "We don't have problems; we have opportunities for solutions." And it's like, you're right, like it. You know, in a sense, that is correct. It's not a problem. What's the solution?
0: I agree. It's, it's, and I think that's kind of like what we did for a living, like what, well, what we still kind of do for a living in, in a different ways. Hey, but. like
1: we travel in my department, we have our own washers and dryers because, and it goes through, I mean, they change t shirts a handful of times during the show. They, you know, like we have washers and dryers. So every single day, they are clothes are clean like yes they have extras of everything except for the clothes that I make them there's not extras of those but yes. um we travel with a washer and dryer so like I've had times I don't remember where we were I think we must have been in South America somewhere but one time it was like absolutely not there's no way to have a washing machine here we're in the middle of a field there's no water not going to happen and like it yeah it is going to happen so how are we going to make it happen and we ended up getting this like I don't even know how many gallon above ground gravity fed tank. And so I would, I had a a hose and I would stand there and fill the washing machine up, you know from the (laughs) gravity fed tank. And then when the washing machine is full of water it, you know, the power kicks on and it it knows that it's time to wash the clothes. And so we would do that. And then we had like a gray water drainage and it's like, there's always a solution to something. It's just how willing are you to fix it and make it work?
0: Hey everybody, Danny here. If you have a minute, be sure to check out stories.net to learn about how we are supporting members of the touring community with your help. That's stories.net. S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S dot net. Oh, so wait, making clothes for Metallica, you mentioned that. So you did that, and I didn't know that until last night. (laughs) Not
1: really like a thing that I fully broadcast about myself. Of course. I guess um, yeah. I do have like a little clothing line. Clothing line. What's it called? It's like on Instagram. It's a real
0: thing. Stuff. I've seen it. It's dope. If I if I well, It's carry- not like
1: I don't have an available line of clothes that people can go buy. So oh. I guess I can't say I have
0: a clothing line. You make things though.
2: I'm
0: a I'm a creator. Stuff. Yeah. So yeah, what's your Instagram? Because people might want custom shit from a badass. So let's... I make
1: other stuff as well. Yes, I make like tote bags like this.
0: Oh, everybody. dude!
1: And you know, like whatever. But um, it's called Wild Wolf, like the animal. Spell wild it. Wolf Clothing Just Company spelled
0: Wild W I L D W O L F. Okay,
1: clothing. Um, it's yeah, Wild Wolf Clothing. I only eat, like really only have an Instagram and I make stuff for the guys and for other people that want custom clothing. And then every so often I'll come out with like a run of, like I just sold a small run of leather tote bags. I like make these canvas ones, but they're just kind of like when I create some stuff and the juices are flowing, you know,
0: but. So wait, um, I could send you, sorry to interrupt you. I apologize. So hmm? I could send you a jacket and I could be like, "Yo, I want this on the jacket. Can you embroider it, or or no? Is it not like that?"
1: Um, it depends on how how much is involved. Like um, like all of James's patch vests, for example,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: the you know the battle vests that he wears on stage. Like I do all of that stuff. So Are they leather, anything from he has uh, two leather ones and three denim ones. They're all different, and so the leather ones. I had the leather vests made by a friend um, and then one of them has patchwork on it that I did. And then I just do like, um, I don't know how you would say it. I kind of like rough, rough it up. Right. So like his battle vests are very like covered in patches, but then there's like spikes and all that stuff. So it's like, I like oxidize the spikes and like use tools to rough up the patches and grease and dirt and all of that stuff. And then I like hand stitch these big stitches and, To make it look like it's something that's been created and worn for a number of years, when it's like technically a brand new thing. So,
0: whoa.
1: um, So I do all that stuff, and then I started making custom denim pants for three of the four guys, uh, like four years ago. So everyone besides Kirk, I make um, their stage pants, and it just was like a, I want, I want this, but I can't find it, but I want. To look like this, can you just make it for me? You know, and it like, sure.
0: Oh my god!
1: So I made one pair, and it turned into, you know. Then the next guy's like, can you make me some? You know, and it just turned into this thing. So,
0: dude, that's sick. Okay, I that's yes. So anybody listening, check out Wild Wolf.
1: Well, and that's her. Hey, you know, I'm open for conversations of all kinds. That's kind of how it
0: starts. Okay, cool. And
1: I've done other things too, besides just making custom clothes for Metallica. So I think that's another thing where people get kind of like, I'm not a rock star. I don't, you know, I don't know if I can even afford this or whatever. But like, I've made other things for friends. I made some um, custom linen dresses for my friend. She did a maternity photo shoot. She's had her first daughter and... I made all of her clothes for the shoot. Um, I can also, I don't know. It's just like a thing that I do
0: on yes. the side. Yes, anybody listening, Sarah can help you out, but do not overwhelm her. She's just one person. <laughs> she doesn't have a team. Excuse she doesn't me. have a crew. Yeah, it's just her. So if you're going to do it, have patience, for God's sakes. <laughs> That's so, so sick, I'm dude. i
1: for your needs.
0: Yeah, come on now. Um, okay, so last thing. Uh, the Metallica Green Day thing. What was that? what was that thing where you had to choose? Cause I had the same thing happen with a couple bands. So I would love to hear about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When we started texting and talking about this and it was like, that kind of goes back into what we were talking about earlier where I'm like, what year did what happen?" Mm-hmm. It was in that same amount of years of, um, lots of things happening at once. Uh-huh. So, um, so it's, yeah, just, you know, how the touring, uh, like how you get hired somewhere, how that works is a lot of, it's just who, you know, right. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, I got hired on green day in 2013, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, Greg Dean was their production manager. Greg Dean used to manage one of the stages at work tour. Um, we got to know each other because he was production managing Megadeth when they were out on the big four tour with us. And, um, yeah. So he would always see me like running around backstage and doing things that like, are, you know, not uh. in my technical wheelhouse of my career uh, title. And so he eventually was like, what the heck is your job? Like, what, do you, what is your title out here? I'm like, ah, I do the dressing rooms, but whatever. So um, he, he became the production manager for Green Day and called me to be their new dressing room coordinator, which... You know, like, I grew up listening to Green Day and absolutely loved them, which was the first time for me of being like, how do you, how do you go on tour with someone that you're like a fan of and just be like, you know, what's it going to be like? Do I make it apparent that I used to listen to them a lot? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, so yeah, I got hired with them in 2013 and it was like, honestly, just rad. Like. Those guys are so awesome. Their crew's awesome. The way that they do shows is so much fun. Um, It can get funny because sometimes, (laughs) like, Billy would just, like, call an audible in the middle of the set, but it wouldn't be like, oh, hey, now we're going to play Dookie or whatever. Like, he would be like, we're going to play the whole album Dookie in the middle of their set list.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah. So, like, your, your show was, like, you thought you'd be like maybe an hour and a half or two hours set. And then all of a sudden it was like a three hour set, three and a half hour set, oh. but it was fun. It wasn't like, Oh, it was like, it was great. So, um, oh,
0: that's so that's so sick. I know a few dudes who would do that too. I know. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's so cool. Holy like shit. You were
1: like, what? Ah, okay. Now <laughs> I have to stay here. Cause I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and like so, I gotta
0: be here at least.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, so I started started doing a tour with them and it was one of those summers, same thing, where Metallica was actually pretty pretty decently busy. We were in Europe a lot. Mm-hmm. And right. I had to draw out two calendars. Like I handmade these two calendars of Green Day dates and Metallica dates before I said yes to anybody. And I sat there and like wrote all the Green Day shows down and wrote all the Metallica shows down and was like, okay, I have to miss this one Green Day show and this one Metallica show. And if I can do that, if they'll sit, if they'll let me, I can do both of these tours at the same time. And so this one summer I was just like like I I don't think I was home for more than, you know, a few weeks of the year. And it was just like back and forth and like, you know, car picked me up at three o'clock in the morning after a show to drive to an airport to fly from Switzerland to some to Germany, I think one day, and Foster came in from the same thing. She was doing shows with the Stones in Europe. We both flew in to do this one Metallica show, and then we went back to the tours that we were also on. And it was like just an extremely hectic summer, but it worked. And it was awesome. So I was with them for like two years, two and a half years or something. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. um Metallica and Green Day both came out with new albums almost exactly at the same time oh that's right so um yeah so i got these you know letters we want you to come on tour with us and here's what it's looking like and i had to do the same thing and well these ones don't match up
0: these these are very these are conflicts
1: (laughs) (laughs) yep and the green day one was like a basically a two-year plus commitment and the metallica one was like well you know we're going to be on a touring album cycle or we'll, we'll probably go to every country and do the album, but we don't know how long that's going to last. And we can guarantee you a year, but we don't know, you know, but like in my history with them, it had always been fine. I'd never yeah. had like a questionable, are we going to tour thing? Exactly. And um, yeah, so I just had to go back and forth between what they were offering, what the schedules were. Green Day schedule is way more packed. It was like gone for two, three months at a time. Metallica will only play for like two weeks out, two weeks home. That's how their schedule is.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I had to make a decision on who who I wanted to go with. And it was hard and it kind of sucked because I'd been with Metallica longer and they've given, they've given me this like career and I, I'm i like so grateful for so many different reasons of Mm -hmm. what those guys have done for me and my life in like, not just the music aspect, like so many reasons. Um, But like the Green Day guys were something that was like, not like I was used to Metallica more, a little more structured. Green Day was like kind of like being on warp Tour. It was like this fun family community, you know, off day, we rented a bowling alley and we're going to do that. It was just like this kind of cool thing to be a part of mm-hmm. so um yeah it was difficult but i i took the Metallica tour, and here i am still you know and and you don't um, regret
0: it at all obviously
1: i don't regret it at all obvi- like you know but like uh i regret it in a personal sense of like i i would go back out on tour with green at any time if i could if it worked out yeah but um that's just how that's just how my career continued, you know?
0: Dude, this was great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank my
1: you.
2: Pleasure.
0: Peace. Stories, an all-access podcast, is hosted by me, Danny Dell Donuts. It is produced by Kenneth Fletcher. Our theme music is Storms by Personnel. Learn more about what we are doing for the touring community at stories.net. That's stories.net, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S.net.